Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. Hear the word of God from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May you receive with joy what you say to us today. May we receive with joy what you say to us today. Amen. So our worship series is Fresh Start, as we talk about making this year count. Because you matter, and your mission matters, and this year matters. Several years ago, I went to a workshop, and they said, we all need four kinds of people in our lives. We need cheerleaders, the ones who tell us all the wonderful things about us and tell us what's good in our lives and, and, and how amazing we are. We need prophets, those who name the mark and name how far we are from it. We need harassers. We need those people who, often with humor, Remind us not to take ourselves so seriously. And we need guides. We need mentors. We need people who can listen to us deeply, both what we say and what we don't say. So I was at this workshop, and they were talking about these four different types of people we need in our lives. And they said, write down for you, who are some people in your life that are each, you know, each of these four roles? And afterwards, a friend came up to me and said, you know, Mia, I wrote you down in two of those. I said, really? She said, she said, you are a cheerleader for me, and you are a prophet for me. And I like it better when you're a cheerleader, by the way. <laughs> Each of these four types of people we need in our lives, they speak truth to us. They tell us who we are. And there is something powerful when someone speaks truth to you about yourself. I was recently sharing with a colleague that um, my district superintendent, my, my church supervisor, 
has put me in a group of, of clergy for innovative clergy. And he said, I can see that. That was a truth named for me by my colleague and the district superintendent. It's powerful when truths are named for you. Every month at our leadership meetings, there is a space on the agenda for feedback for the pastor, for the leadership team to name the truths that they see. Not all clergy do this, and I have seen churches that have suffered for lack of pastor receiving honest feedback, and I don't want that. And the leadership team does a wonderful job of that cheerleading, of telling me those things that are good and wonderful and life-giving in this church, I think they do a pretty good job of being honest in that prophet role of where the mark is and where, we'll use a euphemism, where there's growth opportunity. (laughs) And sometimes they are in that harasser role, saying, don't take yourself so seriously. And every week on my calendar, I have a spot in my calendar where I meet with colleagues or I meet with the spiritual director. And those meetings are a time where I find that people listen deeply to what I say and what I don't say and and reflect that truth back to me in that mentor role. It is powerful when truths are named for you. Not telling you what you should do or what you ought to do, but just naming those truths for you. And that is what Jesus was doing when he went up on the mountain for the disciples. In today's gospel, he was naming truths for the disciples. He was also naming truths for the disciples gathered here at CUNA United Methodist Church. Now remember, this is early in Matthew's gospel. Jesus had been tempted by the devil. He'd been baptized by John. He'd called his first four disciples, and then he went out all over Galilee and did some serious credibility building. He healed people. He cast out demons. He he healed the paralytic. He, He got rid of people's pain. And he taught them about the kingdom of heaven. Great crowds followed. And then he went up the mountain. And the disciples followed. And Jesus named these truths for them. Blessed are you. Sometimes when I've read these Beatitudes, it feels like commandments. Thou shalt be poor in spirit. Thou shalt be peacemaker. But notice the grammar. Jesus isn't saying what we should do, what he'll teach us how to do. He says it right now. Blessed are you right now as peacemakers. He's naming those truths that he sees in the disciples, maybe that he sees in the crowds. The Greek makarios is an adjective that we translate blessed, can also be translated happy. It's a word, though, that really doesn't translate well into English because it's closer to a term of congratulations and of recommendation that 
this is the good life. These blessings, these beatitudes are the good life. And every blessing is followed by a reason, a, a reward of spiritual experience or connection with God or promised transformation. Because the truth is, while everything Jesus said is true, it's not fully true. That there is a promise for transformation. Jesus names what he sees and he names the transformation that awaits us all. Let's read these Beatitudes together. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Scholars tell us that these first four names those who need help. The poor, those without enough resources to live decently, those who mourn, those who are grieving the loss of someone they love or the loss of land or loss of health. The meek, those without power, those without land, those that are abused by the wicked. And those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who suffer from the inequity of the world. And scholars say the second four Name those who help. So the first four, name those who need help. And the second four, those who give help. Those who are merciful, who give of their resources. Those who are pure in heart, who follow God in their thinking and their doing. Those who are peacemakers, who, who build peace based on the wholeness of all people. And those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Those who live in solidarity with those who need help. And they suffer with them. And that, that actually is a blessing. All of these eight Beatitudes tell us a truth about us. That we all need help and that we all give help. And I think that's a tricky one for us because I think our culture tells us that there's actually two kinds of people. There's the people who need help and the people who give help. And it's better to be the one who gives the help than needs the help. Because if you have ever received charity, you know how hard it is. That it is hard. You feel like people are looking down at you. That they make assumptions about you. That they, maybe they call you lazy having no idea how much work it is to be poor. The truth is, all of us need help. All of us need help. 
Disciples know it. All people need help. Disciples know that they need help. That instead of resisting our poverty or our grief or our powerlessness or our frustration, we honor it. We cherish it because it brings us close to God. It brings us into the kingdom of heaven where, where God sets all things right, where everyone is comforted, where there has been a restructuring of society and no one is left out. And having been cared for by God, then we give help. We give mercy. We give of our resources. We are pure in heart. We follow our God with our thinking and with our doing. We build peace based on the value of every human being. And that we suffer persecution because we stand in solidarity with the ones God loves. Knowing that we both need help and give help, it changes us. It changes the way we are in the world. I told you I got this stole from the folks at Corpus Christi House. When I was at Corpus, which is a, it's a day shelter for the homeless in, uh, down in Boise, um, I coordinated volunteers. And there were many wonderful people who came to volunteer, good-hearted people, who brought with them these assumptions that there's two kinds of people, those who need help and those who, who give help. And many of them also came with the assumption that, that homeless people were, um, you know, basically like them. This was a temporary condition um, and that people could get out of it if they had, you know, the step up. And that is true for many homeless people. And there are many people who are homeless who are mentally ill. People who, who have permanent brain damage from prenatal exposure. And for those folks, a hot meal and an afternoon of care does not take away their mental illness or their brain damage. So for many people, you just don't see the change. I saw volunteers frustrated because they didn't see that change. I also saw how they separated themselves. Here's the people who give the help, and there's the people who need the help. And so I changed the way that we trained volunteers because Corpus was based on the Beatitude. It was founded on the Beatitude. And I told people about the mystical body of Christ. That we are not individuals in a group, but that we are one body, that we are connected. And if any one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. So fundamentally, when we serve the poor, when we serve the homeless, it is spiritual self-serving. Because we all suffer when any one part of the body suffers. And that changed the way people volunteered. Instead of, instead of coming as a us and them, I saw the way they came to Corpus in solidarity. They arrived at Corpus with a sense of us all together, ready to give help and to receive help. And the homeless folks stopped being clients and became friends. And it changed the way people work. 
Here is our food bank that we, you know, we host in our basement, which is wonderful. I have seen a difference between people who come and serve, seeing the folks who come to get food as separate, maybe as less than. I've seen a difference between them and the folks who volunteer at the food bank and are here giving food to friends. It changes us. It changes us and it names us. And so as we make a fresh start this year, as we look at those truths Jesus has named, that we are poor in spirit, that we do mourn, that we are meek, that we hunger and we thirst for justice, that we are merciful, that we are pure in heart, that we build peace and that we are persecuted, that every one of those things is true and not fully true yet. They are true now and they are transformations that we welcome. That the life of discipleship is every day those beatitudes becoming more and more true. And so, as you make your fresh start in this new year of 2023, remember that you matter, that your mission matters, and that this year matters. And how, how are you called this year to live more fully into both giving help and needing help. How is your fresh start living into the Beatitudes becoming more and more true for you? Later, we're going to have an opportunity to write down what your fresh start is. I don't, where's my little paper? Brett gave everyone, can you, could you hold that up, Tammy? Brett gave everyone a little paper. If you don't have one, we'll get one to you. And this is an opportunity for you to write down your fresh start. If you want to keep it private to yourself, you're welcome to. But if you are willing to share it, we'll have you bring it up here. And we're going to post all of those on the bulletin board. As you think about your fresh start, maybe there are things you have already started Maybe there are things you are ready to begin. The fresh start begins with knowing that you matter, that your mission matters, and that this year matters. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crosswaite. CUNA United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.